It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday, the NHL makes its return tomorrow. The Coyotes play a regular season game on Friday. We freaking made it. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Petey and Sean. Craig and is at the Ice Den. Craig just sent us breaking news. Did he? Yeah. Right off the top so of right the show. So right off the top breaking news. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. Um, per NHL source, the Colorado Avalanche have claimed goaltender Ivan Prozvatov off waivers. Travis Boyd and Stack Stanford cleared. Boyd will remain with the NHL club. All wow. of this. Wow. Okay. Breaking news off the top. We will get into all of this at the end of, at the, show. The, end of the show because Craig is at the ice stand getting all of the updates. You can go on his Twitter right now at Craig S. Morgan, getting all the updates from practice. He'll call in the end of the show. Um, but before we get to Coyotes roster news moves, we got to talk about Dylan Gunther. There's a lot to get into. We're going to preview the Pacific division and we have a special guest to do that. Uh, but before we get there, there's literally, I mean, tomorrow the NHL season starts. So get your futures in now over at BetMGM because after today, after tomorrow, it's all going to change. So lock in your odds right now on BetMGM. They have futures for like the nation of the Stanley Cup winning team. How teams are going to finish in divisions. Who like it's there's so much. Just go on there, scroll. I promise you, you'll find some stuff. We'll get into that a little bit more on tomorrow's show as well as in our Coyote season preview later this week. But if you haven't signed up for the BetMGM app yet, use the bonus code PHNX. You can place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application of at least $10 and you'll receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. You can check out the show notes for full details and now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050 Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800- Next step, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. October might be my favorite month of the year. Um, hockey's back. Basketball's back. MLB playoffs. Football's in full swing. The weather's getting cooler. It's Halloween, and pumpkin everything is back, including pumpkin porter. Pumpkin porter's back? At Four Peaks. Correct. And if you've never walked into Four Peaks... On 8th Street um, in the month of October, they have a t- amazing brewery tours and events, Steinholding Oktoberfest, and Haunted Brewery Tours, which I highly recommend. We did it last year. It was so fun. 
It's all right around the corner. So you can check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. And I know that PD and I will most likely be drinking Four Peaks during Friday's game, the first Coyotes game of the season. Um, well, we have a ton to get into today, so we will not delay it any longer. And we are really excited to welcome in a special guest. He covers the Vancouver Connects for The Athletic. Thomas Drance, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us, Thomas. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And happy Canadian Thanksgiving, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it was um, a big meal for the family last night uh, up in Whistler for the weekend. It was uh, a great time. Uh, so yeah, no, excited to get that done. Excited that hockey is back and you can feel it in the air as it turns to fall up in Canada. Uh, Wednesday, the Canucks open against Connor McDavid, Leon Ooh. Dreisaitl and the Edmonton Oilers. What? So uh, should be a heck of a show. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we, we appreciate you joining us on the holiday. Well, yeah, I know. So we're going to get into the Canucks first because that's where you are. And we've got a lot of connections or have had over the years, a lot of connection to these Vancouver Canucks and with head coach Rick Tockett there. What do you make of the Vancouver Canucks offseason moves, the ins and the outs on this roster? Yeah, well, I mean, it was all facilitated by the buyout of Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, a person who, uh, of course, your viewers, I suppose, would be extremely familiar with. Yes. Uh, buying him out gave the club almost $7 million in cap space to spend this offseason, and they spent all of it. Uh, they went out, they signed a couple of depth centermen in Pew Suter and, and Teddy Bluger. Uh, they signed a couple of left-handed defensemen in Ian Cole and Carson Soucy. Um, and then just like this weekend, traded for Sam Lafferty to sort of complete the renovation. I, I think the general thrust, thrust of these moves, all guys are penalty killers, right? Uh, all guys sort of bring a little bit more of the blue-collar, grit-and-grind yep. style that Rick Tockett's famous for. So, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways... The, the renovations that the club made this offseason were to raise their floor on the pe penalty kill. And this is a team that's been one of the worst in the history of the league over the last two seasons, four on five. Uh, and to sort of remake the team to some extent anyway and, and talk its image. Uh, we'll see if it's enough. You know, this has been one of the most disappointing teams in the NHL for a variety of years running now. Um the expectations remain pretty high in this market. People think this should be a playoff team. It's going to be tough in the Pacific Division, but as camp has unfolded anyway, at least the same sense of fatalism, impending doom <laughs> that has met some of the previous Canucks training camps has been uh, reliably, notably absent. Uh, at least it feels functional. At least it feels like this team will enter the season on the same page. You talk about, we've had Rick talking here and he knows, yeah, I mean, he's played with off coach offensive teams, but he is always a guy that relies on defense and penalty killing and a little bit of grit, which you just mentioned, they have all increased in all of those areas. Does that give the fan base in Vancouver a little more optimism going into this season? Yeah, you know, it's going to be an interesting dynamic to monitor here because you're right. Tockett's had success as like the power play coach of the back-to-back -back Pittsburgh Penguins yeah. Stanley Cup winner. We know that he can coach offensive talent. And yet, you know, I think the specter of how the Coyotes played when he was in the desert, and we all saw that. That was a pretty negative play style, right? Very defensively oriented. Now, was that based on having Kemper, Demers, Yalmerson, OEL, Labushkin, you know, like, and, and a bunch of young forwards up front? 
was that tailoring a system to fit the personnel or is that what a Rick Tockett team looks like? I think that's a major question, especially in a marketplace where, you know, if you think about the history of the Vancouver Canucks, whether it's uh, Pavel Bure or Bertuzzi Nasland or the Sedin twins, you know, offensive hockey is prized here. Um, this market runs out of patience pretty fast for defensive hockey if it's if it's untethered to sort of the offensive pyrotechnics right. uh, that you know that people expect from from this franchise. So it, that's going to be an interesting dynamic to monitor, especially because while Vancouver has a lot of high end talent, you know, you think about JT Miller, you think about Elias Pettersson, you think about Quinn Hughes, you think high octane offensive contributors, and yet this team even playing loosey goosey run and gun hockey under Bruce Boudreaux last year and then talk it coming in uh, was 20th in the NHL and five on five goals scored uh, They were pretty dependent on their power play to manufacture offense and their power play, which talk it is now sort of taken over. They don't have an assistant coach running the power play is running a very new system um, relative to what they've done in the past with a pretty stationary one, three, one running through JT Miller on his downhill side. So you know, there are questions or certainly I have some questions about whether the Canucks offense might be as dynamic, as productive, as prolific as it was last season going into this year. Um, you know, I, I think you can you, you can probably accept some trade off if the club's not a train wreck defensively, which they were too frequently last season. But, you know, it's an open question about whether or not this team, the way it's built, can be average or better. Uh, both at scoring goals and preventing them. So I want to ask you about Quinn Hughes because this team was one of many teams this summer who named uh, a captain. How did he earn the captaincy in Vancouver and how has he evolved as a player since he, you know, stepped into the league? Yeah. And, you know, I think Quinn Hughes has grown a lot in terms of navigating the cumbersome media responsibilities that come with being the captain in Vancouver. Uh, it's not an easy job. And, you know, unlike most um, hockey markets, like it's not like the captain of the Canucks just wears a C and has to talk after losses. They sometimes have to attack like political issues head on uh, in this marketplace. They're expected to speak, you know, to the community in, in a meaningful way. It's uh, it's not an easy gig. For, for a hockey player. And, and we saw Quinn Hughes step up in a variety of different fronts uh, and, and seem comfortable doing that. I, I think also when you look at some of the other players that they could have named captain, right? And the team made this big show of saying, Quinn Hughes is the captain, but we could have picked any of these four guys. One of them was Thatcher Demko, who's a goalie. So, so like, I, I mean, we did that with Luongo, right? Luongo, yeah. Roberto Luongo was the captain in Vancouver. He's the only captain, um, uh, goalie captain in the NHL in like 50 years. And it was a, a disaster. Like it didn't work. So I, there's no way they were going to name Demko captain. JT Miller was the other option that they spotlighted, but uh, no one takes that seriously. And then Elias Pettersson was the other guy they spotlighted who's – you know, entering this season with a ton of uncertainty around him, given that his contract's expiring and given that he declined to discuss an extension with the club. So he wasn't a realistic option either. I'm not saying they backed into picking Quinn Hughes, but if they were going to name a captain this year, he really was the only option that they had. I do think he's meaningfully grown into the role. I think he's a lead by example type, very low key. I think that's crucial in this market. 
you know, I don't think you can have a raw, raw captain or a very emotional captain in this marketplace. I think you need someone who, who fits the old, you know, Bill Belichick doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low mantra. That's Quinn Hughes. So, you know, I think those are some of the dynamics at play with him being captain. It'll be very interesting to see how his first season unfolds with the C on his chest. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the, just the depth of the team overall, um, you know, obviously Hughes, Pedersen, Miller, Besser. Does this team have enough depth? Like what are what are the biggest holes, I guess? Yeah, well, I, I'll be honest with you. I think the they they do have a depth issue, but it's not your classic depth issue where it's like, do they have enough third pair defensemen? Do they have a good enough third line? Uh, they have depth issues higher up the lineup than that, right? Uh, it looks like they're going to start the season with Hughes playing with Philip Peronik on the top pair, but that's something we've only seen in the last week. Uh, they've been sort of auditioning, whether it was Carson Soucy on his offside or Cole McWard, a 22-year-old rookie out of Ohio State. Um, you know, they've been auditioning players on Hughes's right side and, and have seemed to struggle a little bit to find a fit. Finally, we saw Hironic and Hughes play their first preseason game together on this weekend, like on, on Friday night, and it looked okay. It didn't look great. It looked okay, which is fine. It's just preseason, whatever. But, you know, they, it, this team's unsettled on the top pair. This team's unsettled in the top four. Uh, it, likewise, when it goes to the first line, you know, it looks like they'll open the season with uh, Beauvillier maybe, or maybe Mikheyev if he gets back in the line. Like, we don't know who's going to play with Pedersen and Kuzmenko on the Canucks' ostensible top line. We've got Phil DiGiuseppe, whose career high is 18 points, and that was in 2015-16. You know, he's barely ever spent a full season on an NHL roster. He's locked in as the team's opening night second line left wing. And then the team felt didn't feel strongly enough about their depth to not go and pay a fifth round pick to jump the waiver queue and get Sam Lafferty. So, you know, there are depth issues, but it's it's more about a, a like I don't know that they have enough depth of elite talent, right? It's not a bottom of the roster issue. It's an up and down the lineup issue. Uh, and that said, they still have Thatcher Demko, probably the best goaltender in the Pacific and some other high-end stars that, you know, you look at this team and you can certainly see how things could break right for them. But uh, do they have enough depth? I, I don't even know if they have enough top-of-the-lineup pieces. Yeah, I think you talked about Th- Thatcher Demko. He's going to absolutely have to be the best player on this Vancouver Connect team if they're going to make any noise in the Pacific. But we're going to bring up another former Coyote. You got rid of OEL in that contract, which is amazing. And <laughs> um, But but you still have a, a former Coyote on that roster and Connor Garland, who, who does get a... It had a good relationship here with Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett likes workers, and Connor Garland is a worker. How does he fit into what they're trying to do in Vancouver this season? Yeah, I mean, Connor Garland, I think, is over the moon about having Rick Tockett. He's actually the other guy who may start the season with Pedersen and Kuzmenko on the Canucks' top line. That's where he played in the final preseason tune-up. So he'd be another strong candidate to play there, which is surprising given how rarely he's played with Pedersen in the past. That really hasn't been a combo that the Canucks have leaned on with any level of frequency. So, uh, you know, it looks like Garland's, I think, upped his stock, I think, Tockett coming in has probably helped uh, arrest some of the, you know, fading value that he seemed to be having to the organization under Bruce Boudreaux. You know, Garland 
I mean, Garland's who he is, right? Like he's a really effective five on five rate scorer. You know, he doesn't care about anything but winning and he's going to reflect that attitude with everything he does on the ice. Um, That motor is high. The skill level's there. I I think one thing that's been a struggle for him since arriving in Vancouver is he hasn't yet found really good chemistry with a regular centerman here. And, And I think we all know that at his best, Connor Garland's a little bit puck dominant. Right. And, and so's JT Miller and so's Elias Pettersson. So when he's been beside those guys, I don't know that it's been a perfect fit um, to this point. Uh, the positive side of that is that last year when Tockett came in, he sort of counted on Garland to drive a third line. And that looked great in that spot. He looked fantastic. So, you know, Garland is a really interesting player in terms of figuring out how he fits into this lineup, you know, it could be as high as the first line. It could be as an engine on the third line uh, and, and anywhere in between. So we'll see exactly where uh, that works. But I look, this fan base a little bit lower on Garland than I think they should be. I think he's carried some baggage um, being attached to a trade that was clearly a, a disaster for this franchise. Um and I don't think that's fair. I think Connor Garland remains a very good top six player. Uh, we'll see where, We'll see whether he gets a real opportunity to play in a spot that high up the lineup consistently this season. Awesome. Well, great breakdown in Vancouver. We'll, um, we're going to run through the rest of the Pacific Division teams and get your opinion since you're kind of closer to it than us here over in the Central, which still makes no sense. Um, but let's start <laughs> with the defending Stanley Cup champs, the Vegas Golden Knights. Are they the favorite in the Pacific and can they repeat this year? So I think they're the best team in the Pacific, but whether or not they're the favorite Mm. to come away from the regular season with the most points, I would say no. I I, Mm. I wouldn't pick them to win number one overall spot in the Pacific, in part because I don't really expect them to wake up till February. Mm. (laughs) Not that I think they're going to be bad or anything. I just, it's pretty hard to play hockey deep into June and then come back and run the gauntlet at full pace you know, from mid-October through to April and and into the playoffs. Uh, We don't see it often, and we don't see it often for a reason. Um, You know, Vegas, at the end of the day, too, I think is built to sprint in some ways, right? They're built to, when they bring it, manhandle their opponents in a meaningful way and generate greasy goals from the blue paint and just be bigger and meaner and better and more creative than their opponents. I think it's really hard to play like that for 82. I I, I expect we will see, for example, the power play merchants in Edmonton um, be a little bit better built to win more games or amass more points over 82 games. I'd pick Edmonton to win the division, Mm. but I think Vegas might still be the best team. They're certainly going to be the team to beat come, you know, May and June. So um, you know, no disrespect to them, but I'd be surprised to see Vegas be like, I'd be surprised to see Vegas struggle. I'd be surprised to see them be the hottest regular season team in the Pacific as well. I, I think they'll settle in second or third and then be the team nobody wants to face when the first round begins. And then she brought up Edmonton. So let's go to Edmonton next. Connor McDavid's won four series in his eight seasons there. Is this the year that they finally get through and find their way to the Stanley Cup finals? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be like after they picked up Matthias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators and they paid heavily to acquire him, but they played 22 games and they lost two in regulation (laughs) going into the playoffs. And then they were clearly, although I don't think we fully understood it at the time, 
the toughest test that Vegas faced in the playoffs. When you think about Edmonton dismantling Vegas in, in those two games, and then think about how much difficulty the Dallas Stars and the Florida Panthers had touching Vegas in any way, right? Roughing them up even remotely, putting them even under a lick of stress. That might have been the second best playoff performance we yeah. saw, even if it ended prematurely for McDavid and company. I promise you they remember that. One thing about the Oilers, right? Like they don't they don't just win the game. They know the game within a game. They understand that part of it, right? You hear those stories about how in that room they knew uh, if we can beat Calgary, we won't just advance. They will blow up their team, right? Like that that's a team that uses whatever they can find. Whatever they can find to motivate them, they will find. I Honestly, I think Edmonton's not just going to be first in the Pacific. I think they're a very serious contender to win the President's Trophy. Now, wow. what does that mean come playoff time? We'll see. But I think I think this Edmonton Oilers team, uh, I think they're going to be hungry. I think they're going to be focused. I think they're better than they have been ever before uh, in McDavid and Dreisaitl's primes. I think Ekholm's a huge add, like a huge add to that roster. I, I think they're going to run roughshod over the regular season and then we'll see if they get the bounces if they get the luck if they have what it takes when the playoffs begin oh you might have me sold on that um a lot of people though are hyping the los angeles kings as possibly a favorite to win the division do you buy into the kings hype what's your take on la I do. I'm really high on LA. I think LA is going to be right there with Vegas and Edmonton. And the thing that really bothers me to be totally honest with you when you discuss LA is people say, well, what about their goaltending? Mm -hmm. And I don't particularly like their goaltending, but you know what? I don't particularly like a Skinner Campbell tandem either in Edmonton. And I definitely don't particularly like a, a Hill, Brassois, whatever, whatever (laughs) zero goalie strategy they're, they're rolling out in Vegas. Like there's not a, there's not a goaltending tandem in the Pacific that you can take home and, and feel really, really strongly about. You're, you're not introducing either any of these tandems to your mom. Like, come on, these uh, these are all hope bet tandems, and that's fine because it's the NHL, as we've seen, right? You think you have a goaltending edge in a series Ottinger versus Aiden Hill until the puck drops, and you don't, right? So, you know, I, I'm not worried about LA's goaltending. For me, they have four guys. When you throw in David Riddick and and Eric Portillo as well. And it's like one of those guys is going to get the job done. And if it and if they don't, they'll go trade for a guy like they did with Corpusalo, um, you know, midseason last year. Everyone in this market, for example, talks about how bad Vancouver's goaltending was last year, and it was. But you know what? LA wasn't much better, and they were a hundred and four point team. They had an eight eight nine save percentage. And if you've watched LA play over the last few years, like their north south game, the discipline with which they play it is through the roof. What they haven't had is an East-West creator, like a really dynamic East-West creator. For me, Pierre-Luc Dubois brings that element in spades. And so if you're a Kevin Fiala type, uh, um, an Adrian Kempe type, um, even if you're um, their young guy, oh my goodness, why uh, Byfield, you know, if you're a player like that, you've been pretty reliant on your own ability to create offense, to win a one-on-one battle down low or attack off the rush. All of a sudden, I think the Kings are going to have a game-breaking playmaker uh, in their lineup on a day-to-day basis. And then you think about the matchup nightmare that is Kopitar, Deneau, Dubois down the middle, like all mean guys, all big guys. Uh, there's no there's no soft minutes against the LA Kings. Uh, that defense, Gavrikov, Mikey Anderson, 
Like the, the slowest guy in their top four is Drew Doughty, and he's what? A top 20 skater, pure skater in the NHL history? I mean, mobile defense, disciplined play style, set identity, and they added a top of the lineup piece. Yeah, I think it's full send for the LA Kings this year. Wow. I think they're going to be really good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think this division is going to be really good, right? Like, I, it's crazy yeah, it how things change in just a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, we're getting to some that aren't so good, though. We're not yeah, there we're yet, moving but down we're getting to some a couple that maybe aren't going to be battling for that playoff spot. It falls spot. off fast. Yes, <laughs> yeah. let's, go to, let's go to Seattle because Seattle is a team that overachieved in last year's playoffs. Did they do it too soon, and can they do it again? Yeah, that's a really interesting way to put it, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Here's what I'd suggest to you. I think Seattle was better in their first year than the results showed, and I don't think they were as good as the results showed last year. And I think the truth of this team is probably somewhere in the middle between that first and that second season, and maybe this is the year we get that baseline performance. I certainly don't think they're going to be as opportunistic finishing uh, their chances as they were last year when they led the NHL in shooting percentage five on five. That sort of uh, finishing efficiency, some might call it puck luck, uh, will hide a lot of sins, and I think it did for the Kraken. All of that said, you know, I'm reminded of a quote that Brian Burke once delivered about the 2003 Minnesota Wild. That was the, that was the Jacques Lemaire Minnesota Wild. So, you know, a recent expansion team punching above their weight. And he said, that's not a hockey team. It's a cult. Wow. And I saw the Kraken play twice in the preseason live. And it does not matter. It does not matter who's in their lineup. It doesn't matter who's out of their lineup. That team plays the same way. That team plays the same way. They all know exactly how they're going to attack other teams. They all know exactly where the other four guys are on the ice at all moments. And as a result, like they look faster than they are and they're pretty fast. Um, they look more creative than they are and they've got some creative players. They are built to be at least annoying. And I think they might be imposing outright. Mm -hmm. I, I think that team, uh, like, like baseline talent level, I think they're a fringe playoff team. But if there's a team among that class or that tier in the Pacific that I feel most confident in overachieving between them, Calgary, and Vancouver, it's them and, and by a lot. All right. Well, let's move on to Calgary then. This one is really interesting to me because Calgary was, you know, a, a playoff team just two seasons ago. It seemed like everything went wrong that could go wrong last year. And now there's a lot of question marks um, about even the players wanting to play Please. there but yeah. they've made a lot of moves obviously got daryl sutter out is the change in the coaching enough to rejuvenate what happened with calgary like what is your stance on the flames i'm really interested yeah the vibes are good going into this season which it matters because that team what they lost like 31 goal games <laughs> they just like couldn't get it done after overtime started i mean that team was not you know, the low 90s point total team that they actually were um, in terms of their true talent, in terms of their true ability. That was a much better team than what the results showed last year. And yet, you know, you lose to Foley. Uh, you know, Shillington's not back, which I think is a way bigger loss than people realize. And I still sort of look at, at this roster and think, you know, it's almost the inverse of the LA Kings. It's like, what if you take a really structured, disciplined team and put a genuine creative driver on it? I still look at this Flames team and wonder, is this a really well-built team in search of a superstar, right? Like, is this a bunch of a bunch of contributing players, useful guys, guys who can help you win, but not necessarily the guy that can carry you over the finish line? I'd add this, the Shillington thing still worries me because I love 
the players on the Calgary blue line, right? Like I have all the time in the world for Mackenzie Weger. I have all the time in the world for Chris Tanev. I gave him a Norris vote a couple of years ago. Um, I think Rasmus Anderson is sorely underrated. I think Noah Hannafin's a, a, a legitimate top pair guy. Uh, I even like Nikita Zadorov a lot as as a you know super versatile bruiser maybe best suited to being a four five but nonetheless a useful guy um do they have enough push do they have enough push from the back end i mean they don't have their answer to quinn hughes or vince dunn or you know i mean vegas plays shea theodore on the third pair um you know la we i talked about their speed on the back end right so i sort of look up and down this lineup and just wonder do the Flames have enough puck moving? Do they have enough dynamism on the back end to offset the fact that I, I don't know that they have any real true superstar level elite contributors at the top of their lineup? Uh, that to me is the big question. Obviously, their goaltending, it, it could be um, a problem. It's too crowded in that crease. Uh, Dustin Wolf needs games. Jacob Markstrom needs to bounce back. Uh, if they get good goaltending and if the vibes are on, they're still going to be a tough out. But I don't know. I don't know if that's a well-built team. I, I still think they need a guy who can really create some havoc skating from the back end up. Well, I'm going to put these two teams together because <laughs> I, unfortunately they're both still in the Pacific division. So we have to mention them. At least the coyotes <laughs> have played the Anaheim ducks three times in a row here in preseason. And it has been ugly. Um, this, this duck team has not been impressive at all. So I'm throwing both of these at you for your last quick comments on these P Pacific division teams. In California, the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, and, and I just want to note, I don't think these teams should be grouped together because I think the Sharks are going to be significantly worse than the Ducks. Yeah, that, like, that, that is a Sharks... bad hockey. They're last. Like they, they yeah, could, they're last. They're last. They're last in the Pacific and potentially last in the NHL. Oh, I, I, I would... I, I, we take the potentially out. I think the Sharks are going to be bad. I think they're going to be like one of the worst teams we'll see over a five-year stretch. Wow. I think, that, I think this Sharks team is going to be cataclysmic. Um, anyway, so that's what I'll say about the Sharks. Not a ton else to say. Uh, <laughs> shout out, though, to good guy Kyle Burrows, who signed there as a free agent. He'll at least, um, you know, stand up and look to police and and give them honest minutes. But, man, that is a tough, tough situation with a brutally underskilled team. The Ducks, you know, maybe they got manhandled because the Coyotes are are going to be good this year. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I'm well, not just pandering. They are. Hey, Thomas, I'll say this: that I'm team in. is better than people think. That Coyotes team oh, yeah. is much better than people think. Uh, my baseline expectation for that Coyotes team is like 85 points and playing interesting games in the last month and a bit of the season. Like they're That's going fun. to be fun, man. Yeah. They're going to be fun. I'm telling you right now. I'm watching 30 games of the Coyotes just out of interest, just because. Wow. I think there's a ton of fun stuff going on in the desert. I think Armstrong's done a really good job. And by the way, I think the work he did building up the right side of that blue line yeah. on an absolute shoestring this summer is going to hold up. People are going to look at that and be like, man, that those guys, Dumba and Stetcher, and those guys shouldn't have been that affordable. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, but I think the Ducks will be like 70-ish points. I think you're going to see a return to baseline professionalism for the Ducks. Yeah. And I'm really high on a bunch of their young players, including Trevor Zegras. I know there's a lot of concern about Zegras. Zegras is an elite player, man. He's going to be totally fine. The Ducks are going to be a far more competent professional team uh, than, than the disorganized, unserious group we saw last year. 
Wow. Well, Thomas, this has been awesome. Um, I just got so hyped with your take on the coyotes. We've been hearing it a lot. We feel kind of in a bubble here. Like we're excited, but it's really nice to hear outside voices, especially. And I know we generalize about Canadian media a lot, but you are a member of Canadian media. So we really appreciate that take. And that's a tough market, by the way. Yeah, Vancouver. Vancouver. People talk about Toronto, man. Vancouver is tough. Yeah. But yeah. the, the, the difference is, is that in Toronto at the end of the day and some of the other Canadian markets, like they really want their team to succeed, whereas we just want to cover the team fairly. Yeah. Uh, and this team hasn't warranted um, anything but tough coverage over the last few years. So we're going to keep doing that. And uh, hopefully we get to have some fun along the way. And I'm not just like tuning into Devils, Sabres and Coyotes games for my <laughs> hockey excitement this year. Let's go Sabres. Yeah, seriously. All right. Well, Thomas, thank you so much. We really appreciate your insight. This has been um, great. And we encourage everyone to check out your work at The Athletic as well. Thank you so much for having me. All the best. Awesome. Thanks, thank you, Thomas. Thomas. Appreciate you. Oh, well. Wow. How about that little coyote love? Feeling hype. Yeah. I'm feeling great. The Pacific Rundown gets a little coyote's love. Seriously. Um, Wow. Well, first of all, Thomas brought the energy. I'm feeling hype. We have so much to get to still. There's so much coyote stuff that's going on, and I know everyone's itching to talk about it. I promise we will. I'm going to text Craig right now that we're uh, almost ready. Yeah, and I went. I, I know people really want to know about my personal life. First thing this morning, I had to run to the airport which is all the way it's a long way and back home and then from home back here again so oh, yeah that sucks so right after the airport at 7 30 a.m where did i stop circle, circle k. k yeah Hell yeah sure yeah doubled up on the gas and a little bit of um caffeine i got a little uh coffee at the i know craig would never get circle k coffee but you i love did it. yeah it's great yeah, I don't, I, yeah. charles got circle k coffee before exactly. his road trip to so I went to Circle K. Unfortunately, they did not have Leah Merrill. They didn't have any videos on their. That's a bummer. Yeah, up at, uh, just off Scottsdale Road. But I did make my stop into Circle K. So everybody can go to CircleK.com. And what was that? what's the locator thing? Well, just CircleK.com for okay. details. And that's how you can join the Inner Circle inner as circle. well, um, which is Circle K's free membership program that saves you twenty-five cents per gallon on and your I filled first up five today. Phillips. Yeah. So you, that I mean, saved me a lot. You've been doing a lot of driving. Petey yeah. drove us to and from Tucson, yes. by the way. So I saved up today. Um, terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. And as we await Craig, this was like a crazy weekend. Saturday, again, was so fun. Like, we can't thank Saturday you Saturday was enough. fun, but we couldn't do what we wanted to do. Sunday was relaxing. Yeah, Sunday was relaxing. And at that point, like, sometimes, you know, when you're just too, like, Yeah, let that deep breath amped, out. Like, yep. That's why I like having OGs around because sometimes I just need like to take the edge off. And what I like about OGs is they have something for every occasion because they have the happy balance. They have the indica, sativa, microdose. If you just want a little bit, if you need help getting to sleep, they have the sleep edition gummy. OGs, they have something for everybody. So if you haven't tried them, also delicious flavors, like ridiculously good. Um, you can check out our friends at OGs Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. And you can check them out across all socials at OGs Brands and online at ogsbrands.com to find them at a local dispensary near you. You must be 21 or older to enjoy responsibly. Yeah, and Karen, she's in the sip and save. Sip book. and save is clutch. Go, and Nicholas says Karen. Circle K coffee is underrated. Yeah, pe- people that, that can't have like bougie Craig, like he's got to have fresh price that he's just not. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, that's the thing about Circle K. Like if you go, they have the machines that like grind the coffee yes. fresh for you. It's yeah, not like it's, it's fresher just, than. Yes. Just because it's at a gas station yes. doesn't mean it's bad coffee. That's it. We need. I to- would say it's fresher than most places you'd get coffee. That's true. Like, I don't see. Dunkin' Donuts, not to name names, uh, <laughs> grinding their beans fresh. We need to. I'm not grinding We need my to beans. kind of start like a campaign pro like yeah. Circle K coffee. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Um, well, while we wait for Craig and we're going to get into all of the news, Ivan Prozvitov claimed off waivers by the Avalanche. Dylan Gunther assigned to Tucson yesterday. Travis Boyd waived, but still with the team. Kessel Ring and Kolyachanik recalled from Tucson. Some, goal, some, excuse me, defensive injuries on the back end for the Coyotes. There is so much to cover. So as soon as Craig calls, we'll get into it. But I think just before he gets here, just we'll take... What do you have? Well, something? Yeah, I have something because I, I reached oh. out to to Megan Angley over at, at DNVR about their goaltending situation yep. and what was the what's the drive behind this from Colorado? Because keep in mind when you send a player like Ivan Prozvatov through waivers and the Colorado Avalanche pick him up, he has to play on their NHL club. Like he, they're not sending yeah. him to the Colorado Eagles because they can't. Yeah. So he's got to play there. And they've got Georgiev and Francois. So they've got two NHL goalies already. So I, I reached out to Megan at DNVR and she filled me in that Francois is not on the IR right now, but they anticipate that he will not be ready for opening night. So they need to fe- have somebody that they feel is an NHL comparable goalie to get get started um for the first few weeks because francis will probably go on the ir as they approach opening night and thus the ivan prosvitov move but when he goes back on waivers which he will when francis becomes healthy then the coyotes can pick him up again yeah it's just crazy that this happened after just months of us talking about oh it's his time to step up he's a guy yeah. to watch how is vialta gonna press him in Tucson, and that's not to say that it can't happen again, that he would go back on waivers and the Coyotes would reclaim him. Just an interesting turn of events. It is interesting because I think when I look at that team in Colorado, that we talk, we haven't had our Central Division breakdown yet, but when you look at a top six defense, Colorado is elite. Like, they can defend extremely well. They don't defend similar to Vegas, who won the Stanley Cup by defending, but Colorado is really good defensemen. So Prozvatov in front of or behind that defensive core, I think maybe we'll have a chance, but I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Georgiev to start the season. Yeah. This Colorado team did not have the season they wanted after winning the Stanley Cup. They're knocked out in the first drawn by Seattle they are going to want to amass wins quickly here because they know injuries later could cost them so I think you'll see a heavy dose of Georgiev and I think Prozvatov will sprinkle in there until Francois is healthy and when you see Francois back in the lineup I would not be surprised at all if you see Ivan Prozvatov back in Tucson and claimed by the Arizona Coyotes off of waivers Caleb said the old who would even claim him on waivers jinx I know exactly <laughs> Oops. yeah be careful what you say there because there are so many teams and they're not the only team that's looking at, at goaltending help like there there's teams that i think are going to be in trouble tampa bay is one of them and you know what's crazy for the first time in forever like the coyotes are in a really good goaltending position but if you want to be the tampa bay lightning going into their game with Eunice johansson or yonah oh we've had him sean depaz have seen him in buffalo he's a disaster he was here for like five seconds Crazy. Uh, yeah, he was here part of the dark days. Of yeah, the, of Sabres the dark hockey. days of the Sabers. But also, so was Linus Allmark. So yeah, he, well, he was just on the verge there, though. He was yeah, so close. He was no Ryan wild. Miller. No, that's why Bob Solvay. Um, Craig, Craig also said so. Travis Boyd and Zach Sanford cleared waivers, but as Craig mentioned, Boyd will remain with the Coyotes. We'll talk to Craig a little bit more about why and what that means. Um, but he is on the ice for practice today. Who Craig is? <laughs> Travis Boyd. Oh, per mis- per Craig. Per Craig. Place. What do you call the pronoun? Is it um, pronoun? Uh, modif- pronoun? Uh, yeah, it's misplaced pronoun. I don't know. You're him. Craig is normally the one who's I know. on the grammar. It's me. I'm sharp today. It's all the coffee. It's the Circle K coffee. It is true. It is true. It starts. Hockey season starts tomorrow. By the way, this is Holy tomorrow. Shit. 
Sabres, we're going to talk a lot about the Sabres more. I'm so fired up for this hockey club. I'm like, I get to watch them. By the way, we'll talk about that more with my my good buddy behind the Mac, Sean DePaz. I have the Buffalo Sabres next week in another job, so I get to watch them all week long. Can't wait. By the way, we had our fantasy draft last night. You did? Um, and Sean. Like, Is he the he Buffalo Sean? Oh, I'm, I'm still Tage against the machine. I had like the fourth overall pick. I said, screw it. I'm drafting Tage. Tage and then I came overall. back around. I said, pick. screw it. I'm drafting Deline. Um, <laughs> and then I also drafted you, Dylan you Cousins. Tuck? I took Tucky, I think. Yeah, you did. Oh, my God. Only one I, and I took Owen Power. The only one I didn't get was Devin Levi because Shane's a rat bastard. <laughs> and then the, the audacity. I tried to do a little, you know, friendly Matias Michelli. and Barrett. I thought it was Barrett. Or was it Barrett? Yeah, but yeah Barrett Hayden. I offered Barrett Hayden for Devin Levi. Straight up. Yep. And, and this guy, Shane, comes back with, how about Lawson Krause, who was also on my team, wow. and Tage Thompson in return Whoa. for Devin <laughs> Levi. I tell you what, though. The Tage Thompson pick in the top four, this kid is so good. Uh, yeah, he's a top 10 points guy in the NHL for sure. Like, And I think this year you're going to see him go above and beyond. And one of the biggest reasons is because that's a really good hockey team in Buffalo. And you're going to see him in Buffalo right before he signs with his hometown Arizona Coyote. <laughs> Relax. I'm going to keep After he wins speaking. a cup. Okay. Yeah, he can win a cup in Buffalo and come here. Just like, so the cup can go Toronto to Matthews, the homecoming Buffalo tour. to Tage Thompson, and, and they nice, can both come back nice here. And Nyes and Matthews and Maddie two nice, for yeah. one. So they all win their cup and come back here. It's the, Just it's, let's speak it into existence. So you told Craig to come. What the hell is he doing? I don't know. Um, Keep talking about my fantasy team if you need. (laughs) No, but this is what I want to talk about while we wait for Craig. Let's quickly give our Pacific Division predictions. Um, We'll get Craig's later. This division is fascinating. Thomas kind of convinced me on the Oilers, though. So I don't know. This is going to be tough. Who wants to start? Why don't you start? Because you started. Okay, I'll start. And I'm typing. Um, normally, I write out my list and read it, but I'm just gonna we're just gonna swing for it. So I'm gonna pick Edmonton one, Vegas two, LA three, Seattle four, Calgary five, Vancouver six, Anaheim seven, San Jose eight. Okay, that is literally exactly what I did. So I'll oh, change really? it. Oh, I'm gonna oh, change okay. it because I'm, I'm not gonna be the same as you because I know you're not gonna win. I, so. I mine is different. So if you want to, yeah. Keep why yours. don't we jump to you? Okay, I listen. I am all on the the PLD train, Pierre Luc Dubois. Okay, I'm still picking Edmonton to win the division. Okay, um, and I promise this is not just because I kind of hate Jack Eichel. I'm taking the Kings to finish second. They could. Why not? I mean, I might be drinking the Kool Aid a little bit, but um, and then I'm going Vegas because it's it's Vegas. Um, I really don't know what to do with the Kraken and Flames. Part of me wants to put the Flames over do Kraken. It. So, so I'm gonna do big, it. Yeah, flames over crack. Yeah. I mean, I believe in Huberdeau. I, I just, I think kind of like I drafted him, and Sean was mad. I was mad because I had my eye on him. Um, <laughs> I think it's time for redemption for yeah, him. Yeah, same. But and kind of like Thomas just said, um, I think the reality of the the Kraken is somewhere in between. I, I have a hard time seeing them. Uh, um, I don't know. I just repeating what they did last year. I think they overachieved last year. So, um, yeah, and then. The ducks and sharks, sharks because like we talked okay, about. Okay, I, 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 I stopped after Seattle, so Seattle, and then Seattle, then it was Vancouver, uh, Anaheim, San Jose. Yes. Yes. Okay. So oh, I'm yeah, gonna go way off. I, I'm gonna scramble it just because I don't want to be like you guys. Okay. And I literally had yours, ladies, but I'm I'm throwing that into the wind, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Edmonton Oilers to win the division. I'm gonna go with Vegas in second. I'm gonna go with Calgary. 
Ooh, in third. That's fun. New coach, get rid of Daryl behind the bench. Markstrom's going to have a rebound year. Huberter's going to come out of nowhere, and you're going to go, oh my gosh, this is going to be a fun team again. They're going to have that fire, and they're going to get into third. You see what I did there, Flames? So they're going to be in third. Fourth, Seattle Kraken. The LA Kings fall to fifth, miss the playoffs. Whoa. Their goaltending is horrific. Cam Talbot, like, buddy, he stinks. Whoa. Like, I, they lose both Quick and Pe and Peterson, who weren't, by the way, great. But Cam Talbot, to rely your entire playoffs on Cam Talbot is a big mistake. This team fizzles, I think, without Gabe Viardi and in key players like Ayafalo. I don't think Pierre-Luc Dubois is the answer, and I don't think fits in LA. So I got LA way down, Vancouver, Anaheim, San Jose, because San Jose's sad yeah i think thomas kind of gave a, a great summary of san jose and anaheim there at the bottom um interesting okay so we have a couple in the chat charles has the same as me um ogie said edmonton la vegas vancouver calgary seattle anaheim san jose interesting oh, yeah, and I, seattle's gonna be interesting because they could fall that far yeah and it's you know i, I wonder if they're goaltending if it's it, all of these are going to fall into goaltending and in vegas i putting them in third might be the right move because i i do ag agree but there's something to the stanley cup hangover yeah and right now to play meaningful games in october they just got done yeah like right. the, I, they're not going to give a shit for a they're, while i think they're still hungover yeah to be well, honest uh blatantly outside has edmonton vegas LA, Calgary, Seattle, Vancouver, Anaheim, San Jose. So the the Pacific's interesting. It's, it's just insane how we went from two years ago. The Central is the strongest division, and now we're saying the Pacific is the stronger, I think, for sure, of the two West divisions. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting in the West. It's really interesting. We've been seeing a lot of like NHL people make their season predictions, and I've seen Coyotes a lot in wild cards. Um, we're going to preview the Central Division on Wednesday. Someone I saw someone asked if we were going to preview it with DNBR or CHGO. Megan from DNBR will be joining us on Wednesday to preview that's the Central. This week? Yes, that's on Wednesday. I can't keep track of all this stuff. Yeah, that's okay. It's a busy, it's a busy week. So um, yeah, we have a, there's a lot going on. It feels like, and since Craig write you back. No, I've texted him like four times, but we don't need Craig. We don't need Craig, let's, so let's move on. Let's start with Dylan Gunther's assignment yeah. to Tucson. That was kind of the big news yesterday. I think the general feeling among our group chat was a little bit of shock, but not in the shock that like the move happened because it wasn't deserved, but the shock that they actually followed through on it because I do think, and you can go back and run the tape on our show for the last the, since the preseason started, this has kind of been what we thought should happen. And the fact that it did happen is was the surprising part of it. Yeah, and I, and I think it's funny because right away when he got to Australia and you put him on the line with Logan Cooley, and I, again, I like Dylan Gunther a lot, and he's just a kid, but when you put him with Cooley and Zucker, he just didn't keep up. He didn't play with the pace that he needed to play with. You go back to what he did here a season ago, I still think he needs more time, and we said it on this show for two weeks, and then you saw him paired with Cooley again. And again, and again, and I, and I, I thought, okay, well, they're just going to give it a try for a few games, see if they can find that chemistry. And um, they did something that totally shocked me. And they did, they did what I think is best for not only the kid, but for the franchise. And this is a, trust me, this is a hard move for Bill, Bill Armstrong to make. And this is a hard meeting to sit there with Andre Chernier and, and Dylan Gunther and Bill Armstrong sit in a room and go, okay, kid, you're going to Tucson. Like that's hard to do because this is, this is a young man that expected to be here and expected to be a part of not only the top six, he also wanted to be a big part of their power play. So I think he was, I'm sure he was surprised. Now, this is the test. What does he do in Tucson? Because mm -hmm. you can go one of two ways here. We saw it with Kyle Turris. Kyle's like, I'm not going. I'm not doing that. I'm Screw you. Trade me. 
Uh, or you can go down there and go, okay, I'm going to bust ass and I'm going to be the best player I can be down here. And I'm going to show those guys and stick it up their rear end and go, I'm really good. And I'm going to show you I'm really yeah. good. And, and I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do everything right. I'm going to be a good citizen and a good player. And if you get that out of him, this is going to be a huge learning experience for Dylan Gunther. He's going to play incredibly meaningful minutes there. Yes. He's top power play. Yes. Hopefully we see him on a line with Josh Doan. Which Craig said he heard is not out of the question. And, and, yeah. and so I can you imagine like the development of those two together? We we talked about Cooley and Gunther developing together. Can you imagine Doan and, and, and Gunther? Maybe that's the two pair that you go, oh my gosh, those Even two together? But but get them in, uh, put Josh in the middle and, and let them, I, I like it. Yeah. I, I, I do think that there's there's some evolution there that they could grow together into, hey, maybe they're not a, a, a first line pair but maybe they're a third line pair and, and you go oh my gosh they're out they're playing like tampa bay won the stanley cup because of their third line maybe the arizona coyotes win it with with don and gunther sitting on the third line they can play both sides of the ice and have offense i i don't know i think it's a good move for the organization it's just going to be interesting to see how dylan gunther responds to that i am sure he is pissed today i'm sure today is not a good yeah. day to be him but he he gets hit the ice but it's 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 like not to be as the cheesiest person ever it's like not how you fall it's how you get up yeah like that just to throw a cliche this is the perfect opportunity for dylan gunther to prove him prove himself and i think what's good about this and we've talked about this one of the notes that we just noticed from him in the preseason and andre turney said it himself he said it in australia he said he's really good away from the puck he still needs some help on the puck, which is the problem, because if you drafted someone to be a scorer, you know, you need to have the puck. Obviously, there's a little bit of apprehension, and that's fine. Dylan Gunther came from the Western Hockey League, the CHL. It's a different style of play than somewhere like college. He was a ninth overall pick, and, like, we should not be comparing Logan Cooley to Dylan Gunther because they're two different players. They're two different prospects. They come from two different backgrounds. As John Ferguson Jr. said on the show on Saturday, Logan Cooley is never going to be in Tucson, most likely. Dylan Gunther... He needs to build confidence right now. And the best place to do that is somewhere like the AHL, which is a developmental league. Again and again, people say the NHL is not a developmental league. Mm -hmm. The AHL is. And what Dylan Gunther needs right now is development. He needs to build confidence. And he has performed at the highest level in the WHL. He was a league leader. His team made it to the Memorial Cup. Like He's accomplished all there is to accomplish there. He needs to now go down to the AHL. Do that there. Dominate there. Because then when he steps up to the NHL, when his time has come, he'll be ready to step into that role and say, I, I've i competed against men. I've had success against men. And not to say it's going to be an easy transition, but he'll at least have that confidence because you can't just wake up one day and be confident. You have to build it over time. So... I think this is the best situation for him. We kind of put a pulse check out there on Twitter yesterday. I would say like 98% of people thought this was the right move. There were a few people who, mm -hmm. you know, obviously like not everyone's going to agree on something. Um, but I, I think for the most part, everyone thinks this is a great move. Yeah. And I think one of the things that this fan base is, understands is the future because yeah. they've gone through the rebuild. They go, today. okay. Yeah. It, we, we, yeah. It's not about today. Oh, he's a draft pick. He should be here right now. He's 20 years old. Like he is a child right now he's 20 this is okay he got six of his 19 points last year all on the power play so he needs to learn to play five on five you look at his average ice time last year he averaged 13 minutes a game he needs to play more he when he goes down to tucson he's going to play 18 to 20 minutes a night and he's going to be out there on every important face-off and he's going to be in there on every important power play he is going to get more important minutes than he would here it's just reality so he is going to evolve his game 
in the American Hockey League. And you're right. They're absolutely, without doubt, he is going to get opportunities to play in the National Hockey League this season. There are, there are going to be injuries. There's going to be opportunities for him to get called up. So this is an absolute positive move, not just for the franchise, but it's a positive move for Dylan Gunther himself. Absolutely. Um, well, on that note, we will bring in the one and only Craig live from the ice den. Craig, welcome. Oh, oh, wait, we, we can't hear, hear Craig. You. Well, oh, it's doing. Oh, it's, it's not doing your fault, it's Craig. You, Craig. It's not your fault, Craig. Hold tight. We'll figure it out. Um, have to hang up on you. So yeah, stay tuned. just call back. Craig. Call back. Craig. Call back. Craig. Sorry, it's our fault, not you. Um, all it's, right, it's me, not you. It's 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 not you. you. It's use me. that line, by the way. I don't know. We it's don't need thing. to get into that. Not today. <laughs> that's, a long, that's a much longer show. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, but, but here's, here, this is a point that Blayton last night brought up that I do want to bring up is is Shane Wright. Remember how that draft, everybody, the Cooley draft, that was Shane Wright, Shane Wright, wrong for right, wrong for right. And and Shane Wright's going to the American League right now. Mm-hmm. And pe- are people freaking out about that? Yeah, probably a little bit. But but the point of it is, if, if Shane Wright can go, Dylan Gunther can go to the American League. Everything's going to be okay. And here he is again. Let's see if it works we'll this try, time. We'll try. We'll um, try. All right. Craig, speak. No, oh, no. No. DP? It's not It's not your fault, Craig. It's not your fault. Oh, try now. Can you hear me now? Yay! Yay! <laughs> I don't even well, have my headphones. I don't have time. Sorry. No, that's Sorry, okay. It's all good. Let's dive right in, Craig. There's a lot to cover. Yes, there is. Uh, Ivan Prozotal, I imagine you're talking about that at this point. Yeah. Yep. We always knew this was a possibility. I got to admit, I'm surprised it was Colorado of all teams that claimed him. He's got to go to the NHL roster. So we'll see how that all plays out. I'm actually trying to gather some intel from up in Denver to see what the plan is. We'll hear that a little later. But, I, you know, one of the things that I always wonder here, um, if they put him on the NHL roster and then they have to send him down because they decide he's not their backup, well, he's got to go through waivers again. And guess who gets first claim on him? It's the Coyotes. So that would be wild if it was That's, just that. Yeah, exactly yeah. what we talked about, the yeah. situation yeah. to likely happen. Let's see how it plays out. Listen, there, there's there's a lot to say about pros of Tob. At one point, he was considered a really high-end goaltending prospect for them. He came on strong early. I think he plateaued a bit. Hasn't showed consistency either here or in Tucson. Um, I don't think... I hate to say this, but I don't think he was always a willing student. Um, and that might have been part of the problem. And we saw what the Coyotes went out and did this summer, drafting three goaltenders. They also brought in Matt Vialta. Haven't had a chance to get what the plan is for Tucson at this point, because they're obviously going to need a second goaltender now. But they've got a guy that they know can play in the AHL, at least right now. And they've got a lot of prospects. So... In, in some ways, it, it sort of sets the clock back, right? If, if Prozvital was going to come along, you could expect him a little sooner. It's not going to happen as soon with, with the guys that they just drafted. Yeah. Um, we kind of t- touched on Prozvital already. And Gunther. Wait, wait, just your quick thoughts on Dylan Gunther going down. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right. Peter, you and I talked about this a lot. He, he just looked like he wasn't ready. He couldn't keep up with the pace, uh, playing with Logan Cooley and... Jason Zucker, I, I don't know that it makes sense to play him on the fourth line. I guess they could have tried that, but they they just felt like he needed to do some more things, uh, especially like a, one of the things that Bill told me, I just talked to him, is uh, 
in in the hard areas, right? It just doesn't look like he's right. He's a guy where where you you get him in open space, you can see all of his skills and all of his abilities, but he still needs to learn to play that hard game. He's not quite there yet, so they really think that Tucson's the right place for him and Honestly, I think we should all probably be breathing a sigh of relief that we're not going to watch another prospect rush because it's been happening so many times. It's happened so many times in the past in this organization. You can rattle off a half dozen key names that were rushed and it probably adversely impacted their development. One thing on that, Craig, did you happen to see who's next up on the right side with Logan Cooley today? Who are they throwing in there right now? Yeah, I was I, I ran up here as they were starting to do line rushes. <laughs> so but I think I mean I think it's gonna be Kerfoot. We saw yeah. that. I think it's gonna be yeah. Kerfoot that's gonna play with them and then you're gonna have that fourth line that we talked about. Travis Boyd, he, when he cleared waivers, he's gonna stay with the club. So you've got Boyd, Carcone, and Liam O'Brien all vying for two spots, probably yeah. presumably around Jack McBain on the fourth line. And and as we've talked about it could depend on matchups, right? Skill or big team. Who you're playing, that may be how they decide who's in that particular night. Can you explain the Travis Boyd thing? Because I'm not an expert on waivers. And, like, how does he go through and then still play? Like, what is what is all the reasoning behind all that? Yeah, it's a paper move, and now they're allowed to send him down. I can't remember the, the amount of days. I can't remember if it's 10 or 30 days you can send him down now without having to send him through waivers again. Again, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I think it creates some roster flexibility for them more than anything else. That's the reason for the move. All right, let's move on to the defenseman because I think there was also in that same tweet from PR that included Dylan Gunther's assignment. We also saw some, or a later tweet, I guess, movement um, with the defense with the recalling of Kesselring and Kolyachanik from Tucson, which we've been talking literally for two weeks oh there's still one more defenseman who's probably going to go down and all of a sudden Soderstrom's not moving they're calling up two defensemen which raises the question is someone hurt what's happening so can you kind of give us the latest on the defense situation yeah Josh Brown and Travis Dermott were not on the ice for practice today um I was told actually that Troy Stetcher was dealing with something as well but he went on the ice in practice today so here's the thing they don't play till Friday um I would not be surprised at all if Kolia Chonik and Kesselring actually went back to Tucson today. I think those other guys may be ready, or at least they may not, may have enough defensemen ready. I think Josh Brown will be ready to go as well. Not sure about Travis Dermott yet, but they do have Victor Soderstrom to fill in in case he's not ready. Um, so I, I think that's the reason why right now there are 10 defensemen uh, on the NHL club, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it just it took it. I think everything just kind of took an interesting turn, and we've been, you know, all week. It's like, oh, who are they going to send down? And all of a sudden, like, then you think, oh my God, what happened? Who's injured? What's going on? And we haven't even played a regular season game yet. Yeah, I'm not surprised with Brown. You saw him. He sat out the last two preseason games, and that's unusual for a player that you're anticipating to play opening night, sitting out both of those games. One, I would see, but two, you, you started to question maybe there is something a little bit more going on here. The good news is he's a veteran player that can miss a few preseason games as long as he. He's healthy by Friday. He can play. If it was a guy that was making his debut in the NHL, you'd sure like him to play a, another preseason game. But Brown is ready to step in and play Friday if he's healthy enough. I don't think that's any concern for anybody if he's healthy. Yep. Yep. Agreed completely. Yeah. And, and I, I, like I said, I think Josh is going to be ready to go. So it's just a matter of finding out, first of all, what's going on with Travis Dermott and what the uh, timeline is. But we'll get Andre here very shortly. Okay, well, I yeah, know we'll go, I, gonna work then. Yeah, I know you have to get going to yeah. catch them. Any Anything else that we didn't touch on that any news updates or nuggets from uh, the ice den? 
No, I don't think so at this point. Just look, at the, I'm just happy the season's here, guys. No more preseason. We get to talk about actual hockey and all the great storylines around this team. It's a really interesting season. Speaking of storylines, Craig, what do we expect from you on the written side over the next four days? Well, I, I can tell you I'm going to have a story every day this week. Um, what? Obviously, I'm previewing the season. Are I'm they paying be, you overtime and not telling <laughs> me? I'm going to be talking about where the prospects are going, previewing the season, looking at this road trip, um, looking at some more details with inside. I've got some uh, specific content planned for the road trip that's you know, sort of native to those cities where they're going, stories around that's what I try and do when I go on the road. So looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to kicking off the season. And I always, as you know, love going back to New York. Lastly, before you go, Craig, uh, people in the chat blatantly asked, and I just asked if we can anticipate Voracek or Weber <laughs> clearing the IR and making it to the opening night roster. Anybody By the way, I know Lee has probably seen this on the Coyotes content plan because Lee actually reads the Coyotes I, content. Yeah, I, once in a while. <laughs> I have a story on the Legends Corner. At some point, it will come. I, I promise. I keep pushing the date back, pushing it back. The stuff happens, but I got to write that story. Oh, man. All right, Craig. Well, we'll let you get going so you can grab Bear after practice, and everybody can um, check in on Craig's Twitter, at Craig S. Morgan, for all the latest updates from practice. But, Craig, there was a lot today, so uh, thanks for hopping on, even though it was later than we anticipated. Yeah, nice hat, too. Yeah, must Melbourne Ice represent. Yeah. Must have lost mine in the mail on the way here. I'll give you one after the show. Okay. Yeah, Leah's got like 40 of them, so you can yeah. get them. <laughs> All right, Craig. See you tomorrow. All right, see, you, see ya. Um, well, Craig mentioned that he has stories every day this week. Uh, he Craig works really he hard. Um, yeah, it, it's insane. And he, what I like about Craig's writing, too, is he always finds unique angles on mm -hmm. things. So if you want to check out his work and support his work, go to gophnx.com um, where you can read all of his stories. And if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter already, I highly recommend you do so. You can select which teams you want to get newsletters from. So if you're only interested in Coyotes, you can do that. If there's other teams you love, you can do that as well. And the newsletter stories that come right to your email inbox are not on the website. So you have to subscribe to the newsletter to get them but there's like no issue for you to su to subscribe to the newsletter it's free it just comes right to your email inbox which is sometimes convenient because yep. then you can just like open the email on your phone read it you know wherever so do that and if you're not a diehard what better time to become a diehard than right before the start of the season this is going to be a really fun season every night Every game night in the Discord is going to be absolutely electric. Yes. You have to be a diehard to be in the Discord. You get a free shirt or hat when you sign up for your membership. So Petey and I are both rocking yep. the merch today. I got Southwest Bias, which I feel like kind of encompasses just yep. the vibe of Arizona. Arizona versus, yep. Arizona versus the world. Um, we got Coyote shirts in the locker. We might have a new one dropping soon that I've heard is really pretty cool. cool. Um, so if you're already a diehard, you can get 20% off all of our merchandise, 20% off our events as well um so we encourage you to join the family and we have a ton of great events coming up um stay tuned for a home opener event yes so just kind of mentally circle on your calendar 11 a.m around mill ave yes on the 21st yes that's all i'm gonna say um and as always you can join us for all of our phnx cardinals away game watch parties out at the bet mgm sportsbook at state farm stadium for ticket raffles prize giveaways and more the link is in our show notes for that so it's just it truly is the most wonderful time of the year and you know what you can see with the diehards too is at our trip to tucson like how close-knit that group oh my is god coming like i i told cool. everyone there i was like i feel like we're all friends for sure like it's actually the best feeling well and most of them 
<laughs> just kidding. Um, I kid. But yeah, Blaney said, "I hope the Wheel of Fantasy has been shipped to PA." Yeah, we don't. We, we don't, should, literally don't we know where it is. Mail it to Shit, I, buddy, I think we sent it to be... Chicago or Philly. And actually, that's a that's a good bit. That, See, that's that, that's Blaney. That's really good. Great, great. You don't stuff. have to use it. That was fun um, though. But yeah, we had we had a blast yeah, this good, weekend. Good time and I know not everybody could physically be there. We saw you in the chat on Saturday, yes. so we do appreciate all of you. And it was just so special seeing everyone. It kind of, it felt like that. You know, you go back to school after summer, and everyone's like really excited to see each other. It's a new year. Uh, that's what that felt like so um we are we are extremely grateful for this family um and now we have an announcement that i'm very oh, sad about are we really doing this yes we're doing it i'm very sad i'll let leah handle okay this. if i don't burst into tears um i promise you this is good news in the grand scheme of things so don't like freak out but this is sean depaz's last show with us on phnx coyotes today uh i could literally start sobbing right now um sean is not leaving all city sean is still part of yeah this, this. is good news this, this, is, good this news. is good news for sean and not great not good news for us um we are like we can't really say anything about what sean's doing yes i'll let him speak in a second we can't really say anything about what sean's doing um but it's extremely exciting and i think everybody is going to be like beyond thrilled about what's coming there's for some sean. cool stuff coming there's some really cool things city. coming but it is a very devastating loss for me yeah. pd and craig because sean like has been the fourth person on the show it's yeah. not and i know we joke around all the time yeah. i always forget to say sean's name blah 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 but like truly like for two years sean has been the backbone of this beat and like i couldn't be more grateful for the four of us i'm literally gonna cry so I'm yeah and I, I, I have a couple things because we had a few producers that we ran through pretty quick because we're really hard to work for and then and then <laughs> and then dp dp settled Can't into the confirm. job and, and I'll, t I'll tell you this sean to pause at at phnx and, and leah called him the backbone he literally jumps into every show he'll every jump in show. front of the I camera think he's been on every show he's, he is he sometimes is on four live shows a day in any sport he's like yeah i'm, I'm in and what making do do? every graphic that you ever see come out ever yeah he's a, he's a really he does a lot he's a bright kid works incredibly hard he will absolutely be missed on our beat because he loves the game of hockey and i think he learned that with his buffalo roots so we're gonna miss him I'm so excited for the opportunity he has. And it's kind of like, and this is going to get a little corny, but it's kind of like watching my son. Like you, <laughs> you, you, you hope that they're always around, but you know that they have to grow up yeah. and, and get, get move on and do great things. And Sean's going to do great things. Trust me. I, I've, I, I am going to miss him more than just at work. He's a guy that I, I, I do lean on. I give it, I like giving him advice because whether he likes it or not, but he's, he's a guy I've been able to talk to. He's going to be missed here. And it's his, his work ethic, his smile, his attitude, his vibe is, is going to be sorely missed here in our office, but I wish him the greatest of luck. And I'm so excited for his opportunity. And when you hear it, you're going to go, okay. It's not BFLO. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. Um, the Sean. Oh, BFLO. That would be awesome. It's not, but, but it's not. No. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot if you want to say anything. If you're no. not like no, yeah. screaming hard. I uh, can <laughs> confirm it. Can is... you put yourself on the Oh, screen? yeah. I guess I can do that. Um, <laughs> oh, no, a little Sean. circle. Why not? Um, can confirm it is not BFLO. Uh, <laughs> Although that's so, a brilliant idea. Yeah. I, if it was, I'd be sprinting there. Um, <laughs> but no, I do. First off, I do have a feeling that the the PHNX Coyotes crew in particular is going to be very interested in what I'm going yes. to be up to. So stay tuned. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you guys know what I'm up to. And all I'll say is that that certainly wouldn't be possible without being a part of this beat and uh, just y'all's encouragement and 
like almost forcing me to be a part of the show, which I'm very <laughs> grateful for. Um, but I mean, this is, I say it all the time, this is my favorite part of my job is producing the PHNX Coyote show. Um, I was very sad that I didn't get to go down to Tucson, especially considering that it would have been my last chance. Yeah. But, a lot of people were uh, asking about it. Yeah, you. so I heard. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, Obviously, everyone at PHNX is incredibly important as far as my like professional growth and everything. But genuinely, nothing that I am doing would be possible without the three of y'all's encouragement and support. So I very much appreciate it. And without the encouragement and support of all the diehards. Because, uh, I mean, I've talked about it before. Not exactly a, a space with a whole lot of people that look like me in it. And so the support that I've gotten from the three of you and the, the, the Coyotes diehards um, <laughs> has been like... I genuinely life-changing so um i very much appreciate it um but you will be seeing more of me soon i can i can promise you that yeah. this might be the first time i've ever cried like on the air yeah like that, i almost cried on the, the, tippy on the boat tippy boat, boat, but whew. yeah so i'll, I'll read the super chats from cwp charles who's one of our oh, original ogs seven dollar and six i assume the seven one six is that the buffalo is that the area, buffalo area code? Code? yeah of course it is <laughs> it is the cwp always digs deep thanks for everything sean hearts hearts in saber blue and gold is it blue or purple i don't know the I sabers know it's, yeah blue. it's is royal it blue? blue royal blue okay was, <laughs> it's like the kid, bluest blue well we didn't have high def so i thought it was always purple fair enough when i was a kid but but anyway thanks sean thanks for everything you do thanks for everybody for joining in today for this uh, another landmark show and we're less than a week away from opening night. Tune in on Friday to our watch along. We will be there for the entire game side by side. Yeah, I'm so excited. This is going to yeah. be an amazing week. Um, we have a special guest on tomorrow's show. Should we say it? Yeah. Derek Stepan will Derek be joining Stepan. our show tomorrow. Talking retirement. He just retired and he's coming on our show. So we yep. sincerely appreciate that. We'll give some of our just greater nhl season predictions we've talked about the big storylines but we'll give some predictions on tomorrow's show on wednesday we're going to preview the central with megan from dnbr and then on thursday we're going to do our massive coyote season preview so yep. tune in every day this week at 11 and then yep. friday as we mentioned we'll Game be day. live for a watch along um the game's at four arizona time Peeney and I will be live the whole time, and then we'll have our first post-game show, which I was literally sitting there eating breakfast this morning oh thinking, I can't wait for our post-game shows. The vibes in them are amazing. There's a lot of people I know who can't watch our 11 o'clock shows live, and um, I, it, it's just really exciting to think about everybody kind of being yeah. able to be there again, and especially to start the season, it's not an 8 p.m. start it's a 4 p.m. start so it's like a really a good postgame show will be at a good time for everybody so i can't wait i've never been more excited for a coyote season like yeah i can't fun. remember the last time i've been this excited um so it's gonna be a great week it's gonna be a great season yeah. and you know a, a change for us but i think everyone's gonna be really excited about who's stepping in um as our producer which we will announce later in the week but uh, yeah we'll miss you sean we appreciate you and i have to stop talking about it so i don't keep crying um but everybody you can always subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast if you prefer to listen if you like listening later especially the 11 a.m or if like the post game show is way too late for you one night you can listen to it on your drive the next morning apple spotify google podcast wherever you listen to your podcast we're there um and it really means a lot to us too if you leave us a review there as well um and share it with your friends we're trying to we're trying to grow this thing and this is the one-stop shop for everything coyotes there's nobody who's talking about the coyotes this much so we really 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 appreciate this family and this community and just be sure to subscribe to the phnx sports youtube channel as well because there's so much more on there than just post games and live shows we have tons of extra content as well so you can follow us on Twitter 
at Sean underscore to pause. He gets first. You yes, can follow Craig for all of these practice updates at Craig S. Morgan. You can follow me and PD at Leah Merrill at S. Peters Hockey. And you can follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Thank you again to Thomas Stearns from The Athletic for joining us. It's been a great show. We appreciate everyone's time. Hit the like button on this video on your way out. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody. And we will see you all tomorrow.